Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, happy International Women's Day to everyone and to all the women in my life, personally and, and professionally. Thank you for everything that you do to inspire me every day. Uh, I appreciate everybody coming, and uh, for those of you that are online, thank you for dialing in. I'm happy to speak to you about Bill 9, the Red Tape Reduction Statutes Amendment Act 2023 that I will introduce in the legislature later today. As you know, four years ago, we made a commitment to make red tape reduction a priority, and with today's bill, we continue to bring forward meaningful changes that support this priority. Bill 9 is the seventh red tape reduction bill that our government has brought forward since the beginning of our mandate. With this bill, we are continuing to make important legislative changes to support investment and economic growth, reduce unnecessary regulation, and improve the way we deliver services to Albertans. As of this month, we've cut red tape by nearly 30% and saved Albertans and Alberta businesses at least $2.1 billion since 2019. This demonstrated success and our commitment to the red tape reduction priority has allowed Alberta to continue to be recognized as a top performer. Recently, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business gave Alberta an overall grade of A- in its 2023 red tape report card. While this placed Alberta first overall in Canada, and the, and the only A, uh, we know there continues to be more work that has to be done. Red tape reduction is not about eliminating red tape or regulation simply for the sake of it. It's about finding ways to regulate more efficiently and a way that focuses on the outcomes rather than the steps or actions to achieve those outcomes. Doing so fosters a regulatory environment that encourages job creation, as well as economic growth, while ensuring the appropriate safeguards remain in place to protect the health of, and safety of Albertans, as well as our environment. Further, smarter regulation is often instrumental in delivering government services more efficiently and effectively for Albertans. If passed, the amendments in Bill 9 and the previous six bills will have eliminated more than 39 unnecessary pieces of regulation and since the beginning of our mandate. Specifically, Bill 9 proposes changes to 14 pieces of legislation across nine different ministries. This includes recognizing and addressing the great risk firefighters take to protect Albertans' lives and property by expanding presumptive cancer coverage to firefighters who served during the 2016 Fort McMurray fires. We are proud to include this amendment as part of this bill, and we thank firefighters for their continued service and the sacrifice that they make. And I know my colleague, the Minister of Jobs, Economy, and Northern Development, shares this view. And I will hand things over to Minister Jane to say a few words. Thank you, Minister Nally. Great work. Thank you for being here today. It's an honor to join Minister Nally and announce some very good news for the brave men and women who fought the catastrophic Fort McMurray fire in 2016. I'm very pleased that Matt Osborne could join us today. Matt is the president of the Alberta Professional Firefighters and Paramedics Association. Thank you for being here. Matt, I want to also thank you for all your valiant efforts during the Fort McMurray Fire, for all your members and what they do every day. I want you to know how much we appreciate it. I, myself, and the government of Alberta. This Fort McMurray Fire was unprecedented in Alberta's history. Never before had a single fire involved so many structures burning at the same time and required so many firefighters to combat it at the same time. This special amendment we are proposing here today recognizes the incredible risks those men and women took and endured. After all, things could have been much worse if not for the outstanding efforts of the firefighters. 
As many of you know, I lost my own home in Fort McMurray. Any Fort McMurray resident can tell you how devastating this fire was to our homes, our businesses, and our community, and continues to be affected even today. Firefighters took tremendous risks to keep people safe and to limit the damage as much as possible. Unfortunately, these efforts sometimes came at a great personal price. One price firefighters pay is being at greater risk for certain cancers than other professions and the general population. That's why Alberta was one of the first provinces in Canada to provide workers' compensation presumption to firefighters for certain cancers. The firefighters' primary site cancer regulation, which you can read online, specifies the types of cancer and the minimum period of exposure required for presumptions for firefighters. As you can tell, it still chokes me up to this day. Presumption means the Workers' Compensation Board must presume a cancer listed in the regulation is related to the job unless otherwise proven. This makes access to benefits easier by eliminating the steps required to link the cancer diagnosis to the job. Excuse me. Can we get a water? Did you have a water, Minister? I'm good. I'll push through. It does affect everybody and still affects a lot of people today. It was a catastrophic situation. Bill 9 would take this step a step further. It would make it easier for firefighters who fought the Fort McMurray fire and their families. And it would improve access to the benefits and the supports that they need with fewer delays and fewer administrative hurdles. Bill 9 would eliminate the exposure period requirements for cancer presumptions for those who fought the Fort McMurray fire. This exemption would apply to the firefighters employed by the municipality or by Métis settlements who were exposed to the fire scene hazards between May 1st and June 1st, 2016. It would apply for cancers Listed in the regulation, it takes effect when the bill receives royal assent. This means that if a firefighter who fought the Fort McMurray fire is diagnosed with a listed cancer on or after the date of royal assent, his or her claim qualifies for the exposure period exemption. As I noted, this proposed amendment recognizes how unprecedented this event was in our province's history and the number of firefighters involved. Firefighters and other workers are still able to submit workers' compensation claims related to the Fort McMurray fire or any other major event through the regular claim process. And we continue to consult with the Alberta Paramedic Professional Firefighters and Paramedics Association. And we will continue to do that. And many others across Alberta to hear their needs on the ground. Again, I want to thank all the men and women who fought the 2016 Fort McMurray fire. Alberta's government and I recognize the tremendous risks that they took and continue to take every day and the high price some of them paid for protecting us, our property, and our safety. Thank you. I look forward to answering your questions. I return to Minister Nally. Minister Jean, thank you. Thank you, sir. I thank Minister Jean for the good work that he did. Uh, he worked personally to push this through committee and through cabinet, and I wanted him to speak to it. I think you can see firsthand how passionate he is on, uh, on, on this issue. So thank you uh, for, for bringing this forward. It's clear that we are ma uh, the changes that we are making will have a positive impact on Albertans. Our amendments, if passed, would help all Albertans, no matter where they live. We're watching out for Albertans who live in our cities, our towns, and our rural areas. We're helping the agricultural sector in two important ways. We're enabling irrigation districts to ensure the best use and allocation of water resources to support digitization for more modern communication methods for public notification. 
This change would also align required accounting standards with recommended Canadian accounting standards. We're also modernizing legislation covering the beekeeping industry to improve government's ability to respond to threats to bee health, ensuring the continued economic growth and competitiveness of Alberta's beekeeping industry, which, by the way, is the largest in Canada. We are providing the cities of Calgary and Edmonton with greater certainty around provincial funding for their LRT projects. This change would also encourage more businesses to bid on the LRT contracts and potentially reduce project costs. We are improving our ability to extend prompt payment rules to public works projects, aligning with new legislation brought forth for the private sector by our government last year. We are reinforcing our commitment to protect the property rights of Albertans with amendments that state that the federal government is bound by existing rules around unlawful entry onto private property. We're ensuring that government income supports can be suspended for violent offenders with outstanding warrants until the warrant is executed or cancelled, and enabling the justice system to provide warrant information so to ensure such offenders can be identified by the income support program. We are improving the process to ensure borrowed works of art are protected from potential legal claims while in Alberta, sending a clear message to international museums and art galleries that their works of art will be protected while in the province of Alberta. And we're modernizing legislation to allow Albertans to sign and submit certain documents electronically to the Land Titles Office, steps that will prevent future backlogs and better align with the growing expectation of Albertans to be able to leverage technology to obtain better government services. Many of the items in Bill 9 respond to ideas and recommendations that Albertans and Alberta businesses have shared with government through our nine industry panels and our Cut Red Tape website. I encourage all Albertans to continue contributing their ideas on where we can cut red tape by going to our website at alberta.ca forward slash cut red tape. The more red tape we continue to cut, the more we ensure Alberta remains a destination of choice for investors, businesses, families, and newcomers. Thank you. Thank you, Minister. We'll now take some questions from reporters. Uh, we'll start with those in the room and move to the phones. Uh, just a reminder, it will be one question, one follow-up. Uh, state your name for the record, and please specify who your question is to. I have a question for Mr. Jean uh, Audrey Nouveau, Radio Canada. Thanks, thanks for speaking to that. You see, it's still difficult. But do I correctly understand that it would be all claims for cancers after royal assent? So that means it's not retroactive to the fire. If so, why why set it up like that? Well, it would actually shorten the period. There are periods available, and it takes off the. Uh, there is more news to come, by the way, on this file. But uh, what it does do it. Uh, it 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 uh, it makes a presumption for certain cancers if the minimum exposure periods to the fire have been met. In Fort McMurray's case, it would remove those uh, the the need for the the uh, time period. It would also remove the need for uh, some cancers. Uh, they would automatically be considered. So it would just remove the the time period of the exposure period being necessary. For instance, some. It depends on which cancer you're talking about, but some cancer periods have different exposure periods that they have to approve. And in this case, it would be all firefighters that fought during that period of time. They wouldn't have to do that. And for respiratory illnesses, would it cover, that would be presumptive coverage for any respiratory uh, illnesses? No, it would be cancers, the presumption on cancers. Um, so why just cancers and not respiratory illnesses as it's been proven that they, they have higher? Uh, uh, they would have to go through the normal period. I'm not... Uh, that hasn't been addressed in this particular workers' compensation 
change. Uh, why not? Is that something you wanted to see included? Actually, it was not. It was not brought up as that because I believe the normal, um, the normal legislation deals with that. In particular, cancers are a little bit different because they're not seen and they come about as a number of different factors. Sometimes they're hereditary. Sometimes they're brought about by exposure periods. Uh, this particular piece of legislation is about exposure periods and respiratory illnesses are often uh, much easier to diagnose by doctors. Cancers just, they sometimes lay dormant and, and you don't know. And, and, uh, firefighters who had great personal risk, um, in Fort McMurray's case, uh, you know, came forward and didn't have the adequate equipment or in sometimes the exposure period was just un, very unusual. It was a continual thing for days and days. Um, that would just remove those, uh, the need for the, the regulatory burden and the red tape, um, that has been in front of them up to this time. We've heard clearly from the association that they want these things removed so that the people that were during those periods uh, and fighting those fires during those periods would not have to uh, wait such a long period of time to find out whether or not their cancer would be covered because you can imagine what it's like for a family that's gone through this and receives in some cases a 20 or 30 year old all of a sudden finds out they have cancer um, and they fought the fire for a week uh, just just seems ridiculous that they would have to wait that long of a time to to have the exposure period um, expire before they could be eligible. Just one follow-up for what um, Andre just asked. So, if I have, if I was diagnosed with cancer now, and you said it become, comes into effect upon royal assent, would that mean that I'm out of luck because I've already got my diagnosis before royal assent to the bill? No, it oh, it okay. it would eliminate the exposure period requirement for presumptions for those who fought that fire. So, right now, if you fight a fire and you and you get cancer, there's an exposure period that you have to go through, a, a minimum exposure period and also a time period, and that would eliminate it for those people during that period but, of time. But, but, but the, the, the presumptive, that, that period, I would have to prove then, if I, if I was diagnosed now, I would have to prove the WCB that I was, I did have that exposure. Not if you were in the Fort McMurray fire. Not at all, like even, not, even before Royal Ascent that I had my diagnosis? Uh, at Royal Ascent, it would automatically take place, but it would remove the presumption period for the fire, for the time periods for Fort McMurray. Okay, so it's not, it's not contingent on, on when you got your diagnosis then? Uh, not for the Fort McMurray fire, no. Yeah, okay. And, and the benefits and supports that people need um, would come into play immediately. Emmanuel Krescovet from Radio Canada. And what about psychological damages? Uh, from what I understand, emergency responders are covered if the injuries occurred after 2018. Fort McMurray was before 2018, so are they covered for any PTSD uh, or other psychological damages that occur occurred at the fires? Uh, this particular bill and this amendment does not deal with the psychological damage. There is um, good good services available for firefighters and for paramedics for, for emergency services now, um, but this is not about that. This is about a, a can cancer which is oftentimes not seen uh, or known about and, um, and, and then all of a sudden comes to you and, and people um, that fought the fire, the Fort McMurray fire in particular, um, they had to wait time periods uh, to be able to be eligible for the benefits for their family and for themselves, and, and uh, we're removing those obstacles to them. And but for psychological counseling and for respiratory illness, um, you know, the truth is that there are great benefits right now for firefighters and paramedics, and, and they, have, um, they have a lot of uh, supports for them, 
And uh, if if you know of a particular case or if there's something that's going on that we need to change, uh, same as this. I mean, this is an ongoing situation. We are the best in in Canada for years and years on presumptive coverage, and uh, we intend to be the best again. And why do you think it took so long for the change to be made? It's been seven years since the fires. It's been a demand from the firefighters. What took so long? Well, we listened very closely to the firefighters and the paramedics and the, the associations that represent them. And, and um, you know, I can't speak to the length of delay. All I can tell you is that it's time. Question for uh, Minister Nally on um, trespassing act. Um, so I guess, first of all, like, how are these changes reducing red tape? Well, so red tape reduction isn't just about the physical uh, reduction of red tape. It's also about better outcomes for Albertans. And in this case, it's about uh, clarifying. Because we have trespass legislation in place already, and what this amendment does is it clarifies that it applies to everyone, including the feds. So how are you going to um, ensure that these federal employees, I mean, they are our neighbors as well, if they work here in Alberta, um, how are you going to ensure that they're going to stay safe? Well, this, this bill is not going to encourage people to take action of their own on their properties. I, I can tell you that Albertans have communicated to us very clearly that they value property rights and that they were asking for these type of protections. In terms of, uh, of the actual legislation uh, of trespass that exists, I believe we have copies that we're going to make available to everyone here, and you can certainly go through that, and you can also direct those questions to the Minister of Justice as well as, as uh, uh, that legislation is, is currently in place. You didn't answer my question. How are you going to ensure that federal employees are safe I, 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 I didn't answer your question because that's a question that you should be addressing to the Solicitor General. Um, we have legislation in place today that uh, states that trespassing uh, is, 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 of course, a, a, a crime and it's a criminal matter and it will be dealt with by the Solicitor General and the well, Public Safety Minister. So that's not going to change under this. All this is is a clarifying amendment that says trespass legislation applies to everyone. This bill, this is your bill, Minister. You should be able to answer questions about this bill. The, so, again, so, so for, how first are you going to ensure the safety of federal employees who are neighbors, they're not the enemy, how are you going to ensure that they're not going to be put in an unsafe circumstance by going on someone's land? Your question could apply today to any group. And the, the fact is we have legislation in place today to ensure that people are kept safe. Uh, and so that's not going to change. All this amendment does is it clarifies that trespass legislation applies to everyone. And let me be clear. Albertans have signaled to us very clearly that they value property rights. And that's what this is clarifying. And by the way, this is not going to make us an outlier. In Alberta, we pride ourselves on being outliers when it comes to freedom. But we won't be an outlier. Saskatchewan already beat us here. This is important to all Canadians. I wouldn't be surprised if other jurisdictions also put forward clarifying amendments that, uh, that basically uh, stipulate that uh, trespass legislation applies to everybody. Well, is there, is there, in, everybody in the two why? acts, uh, the fines that are outlined there, they either apply to individuals, $10,000 or six months of imprisonment, or to a corporation, $200,000. If you apply it to federal uh, employees, will that be considered individuals, corporations, or are you creating a new category with specific fines for federal I, I'll, I'll have to direct you to the Minister of Justice for that question. Why, yeah. why isn't he here today, then, to answer that? 
Well, because because there's nothing new here. There is yeah, absolutely nothing new. This is clarifying. We are making a clarifying amendment, not a new amendment. This clarifies trespass legislation will apply to everyone, including the feds. Well, if it's why not you can you tell the feds, though? What is prompting you? Why not clarify beekeepers can't go trespassing on private property? Well, I, because I, I think it's uh, it's already it's already pretty clear, uh, but for whatever reason, it wasn't clear uh, to, to, about federal employees, and so Albertans have communicated to us that this is what they want us to do. They want us to protect property rights by clarifying that trespass legislation applies to everyone. But are you um, anticipating any challenges? You're, you're talking about the provincial property rights, but um, don't federal employees have a right to be there to do their jobs? Or are you anticipating no. court challenges here? There, there, there are processes in place um, where if, if, uh, if, if people need to access someone's land, what this stipulates is that trespass legislation will apply to everyone equally, including federal employees. Mr. Jake, you just said that he, they don't have a right to do their job. Why? Well, it's got to be a legislative right. I'll let Minister Nally deal with that, but nobody has a right to enter your property unless they have a legislative right, whether they're a federal employee, a provincial employee, or anybody else. It's private property, and it, private property has private property rights. And this is just a clarifier to make sure that we don't have those problems that we're talking about of unsafety, making sure that federal government employees, like provincial government employees and everybody else, recognizes that if they want to go on somebody's private property without the license to enter then they have to go under legislative authority to do so. And does that permission need to be written or can it be an oral? Like, well, legislative authority can be given either way, but legislative authority to do such a thing now is in many acts, and the Fisheries Act and other federal legislation, and if they want to go onto someone's land, they have to seek authority to do so or do so under the legislative authority that they're given. Isn't that already the case? We're clarifying well, it, it. it is. Uh, thank you. It is the case, and we are simply clarifying that it applies to everyone. Everybody, like I'm looking at the, the law, it just says no person shall trespass on premises which that person has had not notice not to trespass. No person. So you're saying that federal employees are not persons under the act? Uh, no, what I'm saying is that we clarified the legislation because this is the whole purpose of red tape reduction is it, is it makes life easier and also clarifies uh, things in legislation and regulation. And for whatever reason, clarity was required. Saskatchewan provided it last year. We're providing it now. The Saskatchewan Act hasn't been passed you. yet. You know that, right? They it's put it forward first. You are correct. That's right. But the, the bottom line is other jurisdictions in Canada are looking at this. It's about property rights. And Albertans communicated to us very clearly that they value property rights and trespass legislation applies to everyone. This will clarify that. We're going to take some questions from the phone now. Um, operator, can you put through the first caller? Bob McNally, CTV. Hi there. Yeah, thanks for taking the question. Um, the first one would be just on the, the LRT. Can you speak more specifically to how this um, clarifies matters around LRT funding for sure. the cities? Sure, yeah. We, when we negotiated LRT uh, uh, agreements with uh, Edmonton and Calgary, we put guardrails and off-ramps into those because at the time there was uncertainty around the economy, there was uncertainty around federal funding, and so we needed to have those off-ramps uh, in place in case the feds didn't come to the table with any money. I'm happy to say that uh, there is clarity in the economy. It's stronger than it's been, and there's clarity in the federal funding. So we're able to commit the, the, the uh, provincial funds to this. We wanted to remove that off-ramp so as to provide provide investment certainty to investors. That way, if there's any risk premium that goes into their proposals assigned to that uh, lack of clarity, then they'll be able to remove that. We're hoping to attract more proponents to bid on these projects, and we're hoping that there'll be more attractive bids because that risk premium will be removed. 
Thank you. And I do have a follow-up. Uh, it's off topic, but it's uh, in regards to the condo dispute resolution. And uh, I noticed that it's not in the budget. This is three years after consultations were completed, nearly a decade after the original legislation passed. So what is the status of this project, and um, why has the UCP government not committed to uh, moving forward on this? Well, I would disagree that we're not moving forward on it. We've actually had some proponents that have reached out to us that they wanted to provide um, some some uh, some feedback to us on it, and, and so we're currently consulting and working with them on that. Um, this is something that uh, uh, condo uh, boards have indicated to us is important to them, and, and I would expect that we're going to be moving forward with that once the complete consultation process is done. Uh, operator, please put through the next caller. Dave Kaiser, Global News. Good morning, Minister. I've been trying to get an answer to this question for a while here. I'm hoping you're able to answer it. And uh, it, it's regarding confusion around this uh, trespassing amendment. So from my understanding, federal legislation would supersede this provincial legislation. And when a federal agent comes onto private property to do work, they are protected by that federal legislation that allows them access to the property. So how is this really anything more than just virtue signaling to your followers that I, you're standing up to Ottawa, but really there's nothing in here that allows you legally to do so. Well, I, I would push back on, on this being nothing more than virtue signaling because this is clarifying that trespass legislation applies to everyone. I, I don't think we could be more clear about that. <laughs> okay, but it already does. The... the yeah, we agree. We listen. We agree with you that it already applies. The problem is it's not clear in the legislation. We're providing that clarity so that everyone knows the trespass legislation in the province of Alberta will apply to everyone, including federal employees. And, and let's be clear, um, if I may, Minister. Yeah, go ahead. Please. Let's be very clear. Federal legislation does not supersede provincial legislation. We are partners in confederation. Partnership means that sometimes our legislation supersedes and sometimes their supersedes. But in this particular case, we're saying private property rights are private property rights. And we're making sure that the federal government, just like everybody else, recognizes that trespass law will apply to them. And, and can they get legislative authority to come onto people's land? Well, they can. But they need to make sure that they're within the legislative rights that they have under the Constitution. They, don't, they are not superior to us. They are partners in confederation. They are not our bosses. And they need to see where that line is drawn. And we're drawing that line for them. Operator, please put through the next caller. There are no other questions on the phone at this time. Okay. We've got uh, time for maybe two more from the room. How concerned are you that this would survive a court challenge then? Well, if you're asking, if you're asking me to, to, uh, to forecast how the Supreme Court would rule on a, um, on a court challenge, I mean, I'm just not in a position to do that. I can only tell you that, to Minister Jean's point, we are, we are partners in confederation with the feds. We're putting forward a clarifying amendment, nothing new, a clarifying amendment regarding trespass legislation in the province of Alberta well within our rights to do so. And why do you believe that um, the requirement to obtain a warrant before accessing income support payments is red tape 
as opposed to uh, right within the justice system? Well, as I, as I said in the beginning, that red tape is about many things, and part of it is about the reduction and overall red tape count, but it's also about making life easier. It's about making life better. And and we, we are an outlier in Alberta on this. As a, as a jurisdiction that does not stop support payments to violent offenders without standing a warrants, uh, we're simply catching up to other jurisdictions that are already doing that. Uh, I'm not talking about the payments. I'm talking about the, the warrants that would allow um, sharing of that information within the justice system without obtaining a warrant to get that information. Okay, I understand. so what, what's your question? Um, why, why is that part considered red tape? Are you not concerned that it's it's a challenge? It's because it's making things simpler. Anytime that we make life better, we make life simpler, um, then it produces better outcomes. And that is the goal of red tape production, better outcomes. On the termination of uh, income support, would that be, would it be sort of automatic as soon as a warrant was out for their arrest? Like, what if there was a vulnerable family that was dependent on that money? So, would they have to go then and reapply to get the money back if they... No, we're going to be dealing with this in regulations because the intent of this, if we have violent offenders without standing warrants, then we will have the option to cut their benefit payments. But again, anybody that is dependent on them, of course, will be safe. That we'll be dealing with in regulation. Um, this is simply to deal with the with the perpetrator with the outstanding warrants. Um, about irrigation, what are your concerns about misuse of water? Do you have you seen cases like that? Well, you'd have to ask the Minister of Agriculture that question, but I, I can tell you this. Right now, irrigation districts are not empowered to, to stop water delivery to any proponents that are misusing it. This simply empowers them to be able to do that. And there's quite a lot of concerns in the United States of places where they could have Deadpool, where you know there's not enough water flowing, especially on the Colorado River. Is that something that is a concern here in Alberta, especially in the South? I, I, would, I would defer that question to the Minister of Agriculture. Thank you, everyone. That concludes our press conference.